Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking out in the River Cafe, I'm always happy to see couples having a great time, but I also know that every table has a story. A child who just received a degree, a colleague at work who might be changing jobs, a marriage proposal, or a separation. I met the couple, Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese, when they were playing a couple, Philip and Elizabeth Jennings, in my favorite TV series, The Americans, and I watched their story through thick and thin for six years. It was therefore a big moment for me seeing them sitting at a table in the River Cafe. They were with my friend, Ambassador Jane Hartley, who loves Carrie playing a sort of her in The Diplomat. Today, we're here at a home in New York City to talk about all this and more. You're our first couple. We are. Yeah. Shush. Oh, gosh. No way. Yeah, this will be like therapy. Yeah. I know. Oh, it's it's true. It's It'll be fun It'll that be, way. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Interrupt. Therapy through talk. food. Couples exactly. therapy by Ruthie Rogers. <laughs> yes. I have said to you before we put the mics on how amazing it is that you came up town. We love uptown, it. downtown. Do you like uptown, downtown? Did you ever think of living uptown? Or? I didn't personally, no. Did you? No, but we took the train up here together, and it's just, you, you feel like uptown just feels like you're in a movie, in a it's New York movie. New York, movie, yeah. isn't oh, it? So yeah. I always think when, when I, people say, where should I stay in New York? I always think, as an American, I love staying downtown. But then I think if you're coming to New York, for the first time, Central Park, the high buildings, uh, the oh. density, the avenues, Park Avenue. Everything. It's so New York. Yeah, it's you know, it's magical. That, for that first yeah. time. I totally agree. I that hit again when we came out of the subway when your borough is is so alien to this. When yeah. you kind of go, oh, we're in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know it sounds so stupid. And I go, yeah. you, Manhattan brings said. back that magic yeah. again. Or you, you yeah. think of the movies you saw growing up. Yeah. Or you see the park again in a way you haven't seen it. And you just yeah. go, oh, yeah. I'm, always, I'm always kind of falling in love again with this city. It's so romantic. And yeah. just, you know, yeah. seeing everyone in, dressed in nice clothes. Here. And, yeah. Uptown, uptown. Or all over. No, where we live, it's like, yeah. you know, we're all in sweatpants taking our kids to school so what we we thought we might do is start with a recipe and the recipe i understood that you would like to read is a lot to do with sage sage and and butter butter. yeah we like sage and butter yes in fact if you 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 could spread butter on a say a leaf of sage you'd kind of be already there that's her nirvana so is that a a piece of sage that you've plucked from a plant or that you've bought you grow it a little bit we don't we've tried yeah, <laughs> we, well yeah. with our children it's yeah. like it's like trying to grow something in a within a family of chimps yeah. everything is plucked or ripped <laughs> yeah. or or torn or destroyed before you go well, you, you're constantly going who did this yeah. who pulled the sage up who took that sage leaf out yes of the garden? we were, we were yeah. growing this yeah. So it never never seems to last. Mm. So we do we do shamefully buy. We have a great farmers market by us, which we oh. we get a lot of the herbs from. Um, 
and yeah, sage and butter is a is a oh. is a heady mix. It's a it's a um, great source of comfort. We love mm-hmm. butter. We can talk about oh. butter later because oh. I always say that as Italian chefs, we're supposed to, and we do love olive oil, well, of and course. that is the you of know course. that is the ingredient. You know, yes. and so when people say, "What do you want to have in your?" In your cupboard, I, I would never say a half kilo of Italian butter. I'd usually say <laughs> a bottle of extra virgin olive oil. But really? butter is like it is. Uh, but yeah. I think we should just do a podcast called Butter. I oh. agree. <laughs> Tagliatelle with porcini and sage. Am I buttering Tagliatelle? I got it right. Spot on. Grazie. With Very porcini good. and sage. We begin with... Oh, okay. Is that me? Yes. 350 grams dried Tagliatelle. 35 grams of dried porcini mushrooms. Eight fresh sage leaves, finely sliced. Mm. You, or could be 16. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> 2,000 grams of unsalted butter. <laughs> oh, sorry. 100 grams of unsalted butter. And two garlic cloves, peeled and crushed. Another fa- family favorite. Mm-hmm. One dried red chili, crumbled yeah. like us. For, like me especially today. Yes. Had a little too much oh. uh, wine last night. It's, it's rough. You? It's yes. rough. I'm a little yes. fragile. Yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting it through. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you should have another glass of wine. Maybe. Pro- probably. Yeah. The only way. Probably. The only way. Uh, four tablespoons double cream. Ah. And the zest and juice of one lemon. Do we continue yes. on to Gloria? Well, yeah, it'd be nice to know how to make, make it. it. Yeah, make oh, well, throw it all No, no. <laughs> then you just say, Just now, get all that now, stuff. Guess you, how you make now it. Now it's your problem. Yes, now, yeah. now good luck. You expect me to write a book and tell you how yes. to do something? Happy, it's really yes. rude. You'd like me to tell you how to live <laughs> your lives? Yes. Happy hunting. Soak the mushrooms in hot water for 20 minutes. Oh, see, that's uh, why you're magical. Okay. Yes, you see. Then drain the porcini, keeping the liquid and roughly chop. Strain the liquid through a sieve lined with kitchen paper to remove the grit. Melt the butter in a thick-bottomed pan, add the garlic, sage and chili, and fry gently until the garlic is soft. Add the porcini and stir to combine. Oh my god, this is so good. Oh, this, is, this is working already. This, this is what I need. This <laughs> is cook, all I need to now get cook through. For 15, okay, yes, cook for 15 minutes when the porcini is soft, stir in the cream, lemon zest, and juice, and season. Cook the tagliatelle in boiling salted water until al dente, then drain. Add to the sauce, toss well, pour wine, drink and enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Good. And so tell me about cooking. And do you make tagliatelle? Do you make a lot of pasta with the kids? Well, pasta is the absolute staple of our household. Yeah. The yeah. absolute staple. As I'm sure it is for many uh, people with young children. However, I've been out for some beautiful dinners with Kerry. Mm. And she's come home mm. and then... <laughs> Made a oh, bowl yeah. of pasta with yeah. butter and sage, and yeah. I, nice. with great genuine wonderment, go where, look at where, her. where, and how. Sometimes you do come home hungry from I just, a meal. Yeah. yeah, I love the food when I eat it, and then if we've stayed up, if miraculously I've made it mm. awake beyond nine p.m., which is difficult for me, by ten thirty I need more food. Did you discover early on? The food that you ate affected the way you acted. So that would you find that if you were doing a scene that you would want to be not full of food or you wanted to eat, you know, and, and also if you ask, this is a loaded, many questions, directors, they never want to stop food. I just want to start by saying there, is, there was one French director, when I worked in France, there was one French <laughs> director I worked with who was just a true... Gastron, what, what, what's the word I'm yeah. looking for? He, gourmet, go, yeah, gourmet. he was like, gourmet. he was like, 
No, we sit down for one hour, one hour and a half. We have a nice lunch. And he goes, it's not like America where you yeah. get one plate and you put sushi on it and yeah. a burger and salad <laughs> and it's french like- fries and you put a whole mess on one plate. It's terrible. You got um, one thing. Yes. And then so we, we went into this beautiful tent, this, this long trestle tables with white linen cloths. There's wine on the... T- I was like, this is the first day. Of, I was like, oh my mm. God, where am I? And we all sat down and I'm next to the director and I said... Um, I said, do we, I said do, do, do we choose? Is there a menu? Because no, they will come and put it in front of you. <laughs> and this sort of like it's this sort of, yeah, this sort of, you know, duck liver pate yeah. put down in front of us. And I went, but what if you're a vegetarian? And he took a second and he just went. Sorry. Yes, that was my, no, that, that was a detour. Was that, was that the one? I mean, but normally... On a set, what happens? Well, I think uh, we can both confirm that I mostly eat donuts. Uh, Donut fiend. Yeah? Oh. She can inhale them. Oh, no, you not, not so much day. anymore. But I, when we were doing The Americans, we were shooting that here in New York and often in winter outside. At night. Yeah. And I would inhale donuts. They became your kind of really true comfort <laughs> and, and, and seemingly engine fuel Just as well. Just like... Gah, gah, gah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that was really um, good yeah. for my health. Yeah. Can we, as we mentioned it, you know, my obsession, the, yeah. the Americans. No, really, I have to say, you know, I've loved them all. I'm, I, you know, what people used to say to Richard and I, when do you have time to watch so much television? Well, yes. But, you know, it wasn't. But we watch a lot. But for me, it is the pinnacle. It just was, mm-hmm. such, it was about family. It was about marriage. Mm-hmm. It was about mm-hmm. secrecy. It was mm-hmm. about loyalty. But I think that there were so many aspects of um, the Americans that was just stunning and yes. beautiful. And there were mealtimes. It yes. was a domestic setting. There yeah. was the times when the kids would go next door and, and eat something yeah. or be at a table. Mm-hmm. What was your feeling about that? There was definitely thought, a lot of thought, possibly more by the writers, about mm-hmm. when, when it seemed, when it was meant to be presented as an excess, that mm-hmm. the, the Philip and Elizabeth might go, or Elizabeth possibly, I don't want to speak on your behalf, might go, mm-hmm. go ahead. Might, you know, might be... Post yes. or repelled by it, by the indulgence yeah. of it or the excess yeah. of it. There was actually a, um, an episode I, I, I directed when Martha is being relocated to, you know, one of the characters is being relocated to, yeah. to Moscow for, for helping the KGB. And it was a, a very brief moment, but I just, I just put in this moment where she's eating peanut butter mm-hmm. on toast yeah. and wondering kind of, well, yes, well, what her life will be. And it was kind of one of those things I just kind of planted in as, as to the, mm-hmm. just as the, the choice that w- mm-hmm. we have in comparison to what m- may have happened. I mean, the meal times were always, <laughs> always kind of pandemonium because it was always when the set fell apart. Do you know what I mean? Because you're in that one concentrated area for so long. Everyone goes a little crazy. Everyone is trying to figure out how to eat without eating. Because you shoot, obviously, that scene that is you know, five minutes, you have to shoot it over. for six hours because yeah. you have to shoot everyone's coverage of uh, it. So, yeah. Hard work. Yeah. And what about now when you're in The Diplomat? Well, one of the fun things about The Diplomat is um, the writer who I just, I love so much, Deborah Kahn, who created the show. Mm. Um, and she puts it in very specifically. Mm. She, she wants the character to eat, like, really messy 
like just constantly be like yeah. shoving like food in yeah. her face and like eat really messy like a, a you know have no manners and like a dude which I think is really yeah. fun but it um gross it's gross too because yeah. you have to Continually eat. eat. I, I know. I do. I appreciate that on the diplomat. You do eat. You do. Yeah. We always. I think a lot of actors always talk about people. Those actors who do eat on screen, mm. and those who you can see kind of nibbling on a cucumber. And I'm always. <laughs> yeah. I'm always. I'm always <laughs> on the side. I'm always on the side. So I remember Noah Emmerich and I had this yeah. one scene oh in the Americans when we ate pizza, and and our director at the time said, "Listen, I really want to see you eat," yeah. and we really had to map it out, like okay, the length the scene, how long it'll shoot, coverage-wise, when to take it. And, and we ate, he goes, I want to see you swallow the pizza. I don't want mm. chewing, and then we cut away, and then spit bucket. And we're like, okay, we'll go for it. Mm. And it was, I had, I was sweating. I had so much <laughs> dough in my stomach at the end. I was like, I don't, I don't feel well. I don't feel well at all. Did you know the River Cafe has a shop? It's full of our favorite foods and designs. We have cookbooks, linen napkins, kitchenware, tote bags with our signatures, glasses from Venice, chocolates from Turin. You can find us right next door to the River Cafe in London or online at shoptherivercafe.co.uk. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So growing up, and we can figure this out if one of you Mm -hmm. wants to go first, or you can talk to each other about... Because I assume you didn't grow up together. But you did I like grow to up. tell people we did. <laughs> Maybe you did. You met yes. in the hospital yes. in little beds yep. next to each and other. And that was it. Okay, and that was it. <laughs> so you sort of started out with, mm-hmm. with milk. Yep. But um, what was it like? In, well, Carrie, what was it like in your household? My mom um, wasn't 
the best cook or anything like that, but what she was great at was, um, you know, my dad traveled a lot, so it was my what mom. What did he do? He was just like a a suit mm-hmm. for like a car company. Yeah. So he would get in the car and drive multiple right. places. And it was my mom and three kids mm. four nights a week. And even though she wasn't such a great cook, what she was was just, you know, like, do you want pancakes tonight? Mm-hmm. We're eating pancakes tonight. Mm-hmm. There were no rules. And yeah. there were that, the magic of that was really nice to grow up with. That being said, I really noticed when there was good cooking mm. that, you know, a friend's house or something. Yeah. Um, and no disrespect to my mom at all, but I loved mothers who really spent time. And I remember watching them cook and the way, you know, loving that whole feeling. Yeah. Um, and then as I grew up, I guess, uh, I, I oh, both my grandmothers were great cooks. Oh, let's talk about grandmothers. Yeah. It's funny because they're very different. They were raised in completely different places, but they both made an incredible homemade um, chicken noodle soup. So that I definitely remember. My dad's mom was a bit more of the um, kind of elaborate meals Mm -hmm. and there were rules and um, people dressed nice. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, just kind of more fabulous people coming over to dinner parties and things like that, which was all very foreign. And they, both the grandmothers ended up living in California. So we would, you know, drive out there. Same town, same sort of Kind of near each other as they retired, yeah. You always said you can always remember, you remember the the clink of ice because cocktails were always big. Yeah, you know, like the tumblers, like, and ladies wearing, like, nice slacks with painted nails. My mom was a little bit more of a hippie, and so that was also kind of exotic to me. Um, Would you sit down to, you had your brothers, sisters? I'm the middle, so I have an older brother and a younger sister. Yeah, and so at mealtimes, even though you might have pancakes or something (laughs) kind of bizarre, was it always expected that you would sit down? Yeah, we always ate together, and it was a a really easy, not stressful, Mm -hmm. you know, really kind of loving and fun and um, imaginative time. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was a really good mom in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, we all ate together, and our family, we, we really make a point yeah. Maybe, yeah. <clears throat> even though our teenager doesn't always love it, we eat really early. Mm. Like what time? Like 6, 5.36. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that everyone yeah. comes home, you have to eat, and you can do anything after, yeah. but we all sit together. and Yes. I mean, when you said that you envied the kids that you liked going to... My son, I have to tell you, once called me up. He went to the American school, and he called me up. He said, Mom, can you come over to Tedworth Square, which is a square right around the corner from where we live, to my friend's house? And I said, Why? And he said, well, I'd just like to show you what a good mother's fridge looks like. <laughs> First of all, I don't know how to unpack that statement. I know. Because it's, 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 it's he's saying that to you, for a start. About, hey, how, yeah, exactly. Because well, if you opened my fridge, you'd see anchovies. Of course. You know, you'd see a piece of Parmesan. Of course. Right. You'd see some beans that have been cooked. And of then, course. you know those American fridges? Yes, yes, the double handed. The handers. double, these yeah. people had that. Yes. And there was just, you know, and the well, I didn't go, so I don't know. Because would I go? No, no. no. <laughs> a good mother. I like the idea of your grandmother and the cocktails. Yeah. I think cocktails are really, that is a cultural phenomenon. Don't is, you think, Matthew? Absolutely. I bet you, did you have cocktails in Wales? Not so much cocktails. The, 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 the staples, I think, for my parents were sherry. It was mm. always, the kickoff was always oh, yeah. a sherry. sherry. And, then, and then wine with the yeah. meal. Uh, did, yeah. Yes. Or, or it was either a sherry kickoff or a gin and tonic kickoff. Was this for a dinner party? That was entertaining. <clears throat> that, yeah, sherries were usually Sundays. And then sort of, you know, the gin and tonics were usually kind of 
for dinner parties or sometimes Sundays also. But um, but my <laughs> or my, Tuesdays or Tuesday. Well, actually, <laughs> any any any, <laughs> any day and ending in a Y. But yeah. my yeah, my mother, my mother did. Lo- she loved to cook and was a good cook and loved to entertain as well. So we did. You know, we certainly grew up with that being instilled that we sat around, you know, everyone sat around a table and, and, and I know I've become <laughs> the stickler in our house about table etiquette. Tell me about the table I etiquette. I mean, but we're, we're down to basics at this point. We're like, can <laughs> like you... Like maybe pl- to use a fork yeah, and knife. That, that's a big <laughs> yeah. one. That's that a big one. Yes. Yeah, so and what else do I have to... This is scary. If I come to dinner, do I have to oh, follow this etiquette? Oh, good grief, yes. Oh, my God. Yes, okay, so there's a wooden spoon for knuckles. <laughs> Yeah. What else do I have to do? No, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. I'm a little too crazy about the the, the holding of knife and fork. My, uh, the, the that, oh, little, that is another cultural difference. Yes, I have to yes. Say. The finger. Uh, my uh, big thing is it's not a pen. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> it's not. Are you writing with that knife? It's not a pen. <laughs> and then Americans put their knife down. Yes. Like when they eat, yes. and then so they're far mm-hmm. more selective, yeah, which is why which go. is why meals take hours. Hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, dear <laughs> Lord, can we, I'm dying for dessert. Okay, so back to the etiquette at the, okay. uh, at the house. We have it to does. sit down at the table and use our knife and fork. And, Correctly, napkin you know, on laps. Napkin, and, napkin then, on and, then, and, then, and then, you know, then, then, we're into, then we're into the second phase, which is right. conversation. Yeah, that's which is like, can you please um, yeah. Can you please ask a sibling a question? Well, but, you know, Joe Biden, who well, I interviewed his sister, and she talked about um, mealtimes at the Biden household, and everybody had to go around the table and talk about their day. I'm with, you know? I'm with them. There we are. I mean, how he became yeah. president of the right. United States. Right. Of course, this could also end up with somebody who just dreads meals, you know. Right. That's my hope for up. the children. But the- <laughs> I think I think we're succeeding then. Oh, with I, the think, I think we've succeeded. Yeah, I think we're, I think we've yeah. nailed it. We've nailed it. So yes. they, yeah. So they're. they're we've set good. aside a, a money for their therapy. Yeah. Right? So, so they <laughs> can father. say we, we used to dread. We used to dread. Meal you know, times were shocking. Oh no. It was yeah. post, it was positively Dickensian. Yeah. River especially. By the time we come around to him, he's he's, the he's just like. Willa, okay. how was your day? Yeah. Um, just he's, like, he's like, what's the yeah. bare minimum I can say that'll get yeah. me away yeah. from this table as quickly as possible? And get it possible. done as quickly, Maybe, yeah. as quickly. Yeah. So the mealtime. So you, so growing up, you had the, yes. the wine. But actually, it's interesting that you had wine. Yeah. Your parents, was that only for entertaining or would they sit down? No, they'd have wine. They'd have wine themselves. Wine yeah, yeah, they enjoyed yeah. wine. I mean, the, the culmination of the week was always the Sunday roast. Yeah. And that was everything kind of, everything, you know, we'd go into the... The, the dining room for mm. that, do you know what I mean? And it was always... Where did you grow up? Where? In Cardiff, in Wales, And yeah. what was that like? My parents were teachers, and then my oh. father became a, a principal. Um, of a Welsh-speaking school. Oh, he, yes, yes. So, and you know, I think the, the, the Welsh, like a lot of the Celts, are kind of very culturally minded in order to kind of mm. keep their own culture mm. alive. Mm. So, so culture was a big element in, in the house. Music was big. Mm. When you say it was a Welsh-speaking school, did they speak... Anything other than Welsh in the school? No, the, your English uh, lessons were in English, but that was it. Everything else was taught in the medium of Welsh. And had you spoken it before you went? Or yes, you, yeah. You learned English when you I remember, were four. I, don't know, I, remember, yeah. I remember learning English. Wow. And like there was this new phenomenon. My parents, you know, it was like, we used to call it yes, no language because yeah. it's all I could say for a while. And I was like, why are we learning this language? Yeah. What's this? And your children? I speak only Welsh to our youngest, Sam. Yeah, um, and he's entering into his the beginnings of the rebellion when he's now saying mm. no, 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 just say it in Mama's mm. language. Mm. When the, the you know the the greater complexities are coming in, you know, I'm trying to explain to him what insurance is in Welsh, and he's like, <laughs> wait, what, what? <laughs> just say it in Mama's language. No, he he knows everything you're saying, and, and yeah. his accent is exactly right. Um, 
but he he likes to answer in English because oh, yeah. he's in school. See, I, I was I lived in Paris, and a friend of mine had six children, American in Paris, married into this very very sort of grand French family, and she said, "I have to speak to my children in my language." Right. You know, yeah. yes. because yes. speaking to your children is complex enough. Of course. But right. then if you're trying to think about the past tense or the future no. tense or no. whatever it is, no. you know. But do you feel more comfortable in Welsh? Or I do. And it wasn't, it wasn't a particularly conscious choice. It was just something I did absolutely oh. instinctively when he was born. Yeah. Um, but then I speak to dogs in Welsh as well, so I don't know yeah. what that tells you. I want to tell me about Welsh food. Very, very is there much. There is an identity as much as language with the food. Did you? There feel? is, there is. In that way, I think the Irish and the Scots have, mm-hmm. which is very much uh, a, a peasant culture. Mm-hmm. The off offcuts mm-hmm. are are primarily everything you do. And the big, the great dish in Wales um, is we, we call it cowl, which is a lamb gonna, a lamb's mm-hmm. neck lamb. soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's lamb's neck, and then usually potatoes, leeks, carrots. How do you make it? Very, very simply, uh, everything is basically boiled with milk and salt, and that's kind with of... With milk? Yeah, a little that's bit of milk. Kind of a, I don't yeah. remember the milk, milk yeah. going not in. A, not a huge amount. Okay. Or maybe I've mis- misremembered that. Um, but no, yeah. I'm pretty... Yeah, a dash of, uh, kind of a dash of milk. Yeah. And then, yeah, you kind of... You, 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 you know, fry up the onion and the leeks yeah. first, uh, the carrots, boil the potatoes a bit, and then fry, fry up the, the lamb's neck and then add it all together and boil it up. Do you take the with, meat off the neck? Does it yes, kind of shred? Yes, shred yeah, shred yeah, 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 with some thyme and, and nice. salt. Yeah, what else do you eat in Wales? The, the other big one was um, seaweed or, you know, lava bread, which mm-hmm. is a triple cooked seaweed. Um, and that is usually made into a patty with kind of oatmeal and then fried in bacon fat. fat. So it's nothing to do with bread? Lava bread no, has nothing to do no, with No, it's basically yeah. more, more like a kind of, looks more like a hamburger mm, patty mm. And, and, and then is eaten with kind of uh, cockles. Mm. So, you know, the majority of the country is surrounded by the sea. So, yeah. so en- enormous kind of, again, mm. peasant influenced, where can they scavenge from, mm. from the shoreline? But you had the Sunday roast. That was always big. And that was, would that be lamb a lot of lamb. My my father's family, uh, predominant a huge number of them are uh, sheep farmers. Yeah, so a lot of lamb is eaten. Uh, it was lamb and beef. Those were the big favourites. And then mum, you know, we were always obsessed with Yorkshire pudding, which I've which I've terrified uh, Carrie with. Because but your Yorkshire puddings are. It's challenging. Fantastic pudding, now. isn't it? They, it, it's the kids like, love it. The kids obsess yeah, on them delicious. now. Yeah, yeah. Love they it. call them those bread things. And did you go to restaurants? I, I didn't go. I mean, that I don't think we had the money for that, and um, I, I did not go. So it was all in my kind of twenties, starting to go yeah. to restaurants, and and our kids come with us to restaurants. Yeah. Restaurants. For me, growing up, were very, yeah, very special. What was it like in Cardiff? For restaurants? I mean, you know, it was it was. There was a there was a great seafood game there. Mm-hmm. There was so, they, but they were special occasions: birthdays, mm-hmm. Mother's Day. We always went out, um, and then, yeah, there was like you know when when we finished big big exams, mm-hmm. there was this one place uh, I think it's still going called the Walnut Tree in Abergavenny. I remember. Uh, oh, the Walnut Tree yeah. was really. Um, what was his name? Oh, Do you remember? No, I think he had I an Italian name. Yes, because I think he started 
a bit before before Rose and I did the River Cafe. So it must have been in the early eighties that he did the walnut tree. It was because my parents yeah. my parents said when we finish at eighteen the big you know A level yeah. that the walnut tree was where yeah. we were allowed to go and that was for me like the, the dizzying height. Yeah. What did cuisine. you What did you eat? What did they, you order? They, they used to do this incredible seafood platter there, yeah. uh, and the first time I met my older sister, she, you know, she finished her exams and we took her there and we I saw the seafood platter and was like. <gasps> What is that? Mm-hmm. So when I went, that's what I ordered again. Because it just seems so fancy. I mean, it, was so, it was something yeah. incredible. Yeah. It was like yeah. a work of art. If you like listening to Ruthie's Table 4, would you please make sure to rate and review the podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you sort of grew up in these houses, which were that you sat down for a meal, you were cooked for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you had a cocktail, and your grandmother mm-hmm. did that. And then, and then you particularly, I think you started pretty young, being away from home. Or yeah. did you do yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, what so. was that story of of kind of being taken away Gosh, from this, or it's hard to remember. slightly separated from the comfort of? Yeah, you know, I guess I was. I was. I started working about when I was about fifteen, pretty young. I love my life. I love everything that I have been able to do because of this strange circus upbringing that I've had. But there was a point when I was doing a television show in my young 20s called Felicity and working crazy long hours. And um, I had, at that point, real like romantic nostalgia 
heartache for mm. regular things like family and um, dinners, like really basic, normal stuff. Um, girlfriends and birthday parties. And because I was working at such mm. a pace for so long that I think... Um, the wonderful thing about our lives now is, you know, we work really hard, crazy long hours till three in the morning or whatever, mm-hmm. while, while we're shooting a show or a movie or whatever, and it's this uphill sprint. But then it affords us six months off where mm-hmm. I get to do nothing but do laundry yeah. and organize birthday parties and walk kids to school and cook bad dinners. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So... Um, you know, I think it informed my real longing for and um, the Im- the importance of those family dinners in my like younger twenties. I-, I consistently would seek out boyfriends that had that big family yeah. and those moms who yeah. cooked. And I-, I realized, oh, I'm I'm dating you for your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're you're okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I want I want that like uh, cozy. You know, those. I just think cooking to be a good cook, which I, I am not. After one kid, I was a little bit more involved in, it, and I would mm. bake a lot and do a lot of things. And then <laughs> now that we have three kids, yeah. life is is Survival. really busy and careers, and yeah. Yeah. and I know I'll get back to it. But um, to be a good cook is just. I just think it's the highest art. It's yeah. just such a. Dude. You've got a. She's got a very good. She's being modest, but she's got a very good baking game. No, no, no. no Those, she makes a ginger yeah. scone, and every birthday, every birthday, I ask. There's only one thing I have for my birthday, which that's is a, a a pear cake that you make oh. with a what's the cream cheese frosting? Yeah, in it? that's a good one. That yes. is. That's the only thing I ask mm. for every birthday. No. That's good. Oh, but I'll get back to it. You, I like I like doing it when I have time. When you can relax. When, when you, you can, can relax. Relax. take the time. Yeah. When did you leave home? When I was eighteen. Mm. Um, you know, going to college in in London. Where did you go? I went to the Royal Academy to to study acting. Did you go home when you were living in London? Back oh, to Wales. Back home. Oh yeah, I've I've such visceral memories of running to Paddington and grabbing mm. a four pack of Stella Artois for the train. That was what we always what we always did. That's what I need right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and the real the, yeah the real treat was always say you went back for a weekend or something. You would you like Mum would do a slightly earlier Sunday roast so you can get the you know the train the one of the last trains back to London. Um, but yeah, we always headed home for Christmas and yeah. and all the big holidays. Did you ever either of you ever work in a restaurant? I worked. I, it wasn't quite a, a. I wouldn't call it a restaurant, but mm-hmm. I, I was. I was a kitchen porter for for a little yeah. while. Well, for a summer. Yeah. Just being shouted at yeah. as I washed yeah. dishes. Did you ever? No, you didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, d- I did other you? things, but yeah. yeah. I played a chef once in a in a That's movie right. called Burnt. Did you? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you who burnt. did you play? And who trained you? Oh, it was. Um, um, no, it was who's who was the three Michelin stars? Marcus in Waring? London. Yes, I remember that. Yes, and I remember yes. when he was doing that, and I and yeah. Bradley Bradley uh, Cooper, you know, d- did a, a a lot with a number of different chefs. He was yeah. kind of, you know, filleting grouse and all kinds yeah. of stuff. And I remember they <laughs> they said to me, and they said, 
you have this scene where you make a French omelette for Bradley and then you make an espresso and then you smoke a cigarette. And they were like, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, yeah. you'll be fine, right? <laughs> but we had, we had all Marcus, Marcus's people on <laughs> set. The, well, initially, so initially... you actually have to make the omelette? So they say, we're going to pull you in an hour early and we'll show you how to an make it. An hour early. And I was like, an hour oh, for an omelette? <laughs> I was like, surely I put in a microwave, don't I? This is madness. So I'm shown how this, how this French omelette is made. And there's so much whiskey. They're like, you've yeah. got to get ear into this. You've got to get into this. I was like, well, that's easy. It's just yeah. whiskey. And I tried this thing so many times. And for some reason, it came out looking like a... Uh, uh, a trainer that a dog had chewed, right? And, and you could see Mar- whoever Marcus is, kind of one of his sous chefs, was just looking on abject horror as the way I was doing this, as was the director. I was like, he can't do it. And in the end, you, it's not even my hands who make the omelette in the yeah, movie. It's actually... It's like playing the piano. Oh, yeah. my God. Right. But, but it's beca- and I was so arrogant in my, in, in my thinking that I was like, oh, I can whisk an yeah, omelette. Just anybody can do that. It was, it was yeah. to me, that's when it was a, a humbling moment. Uh-huh. Do you go out to restaurants in Brooklyn? The good do. restaurants. We, we do. We it's love a real it. scene, isn't yes. it? Right Our, my most favorite thing that we did when we were dating and we continue to do, even more than sitting in a restaurant, I love meeting you. We go to great restaurants but we always sit next to each other at the bar yeah and I love that I love I love going early and I we are you can sit closer to somebody and just and and we usually leave just as it starts getting busy yeah (laughs) yeah it's the best time to do it it sounds like things are good yeah really good and so the love you have and reminiscing Mm. about your Mm -hmm. memories so there is also food as comfort so in the times when maybe Things are not exactly as you want them. Would you turn to a food for comfort? And if you did, what would that be? Who wants to go first? I, I would almost always cook something like we're going to cook. I mean, mm. you make the joke about when we go out really late and I come home at 11 and still make that mm. <laughs> before going to bed, which is just, a you know, like a really simple pasta with butter and... Whatever I have, I'll even add rosemary to it, but sage would be mm. ideal. But whatever, just kind of and salt and butter and That's pasta. Sweet. That's what feels good. Yeah, I'm certainly with you on on that pasta. But to, uh, to me, if I'm talking pure comfort, it would it would always be that the cowl, the the soup. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it might be that that my mother yeah. always made. Just it's so it's hard lined in that it was always the great source of comfort. You either when you I used to play football, you know, play soccer, and I, when coming in on a winter's morning when you're so cold, mm. and that was always on the stove, and it would be with a huge piece of bread that you tear out mm. and some cheese, and that was that was kind of everything. Actually, when your mom, before we lived together, your parents would come and. She would leave, and before she would walk out of the apartment, everything would be clean, and she would leave cowl on the stove for you. Yeah, she would. And then she would, they would go to the airport. She would, she mm-hmm. would. But there was one thing, I was, I'll quickly, I was, when I lived in L.A., just before I'd gone to Los Angeles, I'd, I'd, I'd gone to Argentina mm-hmm. because there's, um, there's a Welsh community in southern Patagonia. Mm-hmm. And I fe- very, in that very cliched, obvious male way, kind of, Fell in love with Malman's style of cooking and, mm. and the great asado. You He's know. great. Incredible. He's and I had, we kind of had a distant, we found a distant relative who was obsessed with asado and he taught me how to, how to cook, you know, whole, whole lamb on the cross. 
And when I was in LA every March 1st, St. David's Day, I would go uh, and buy a, a full lamb and we would, we would do it on, you know, we would do a Sado style on the cross over like seven hours uh, and have this huge party when it was you know, kind of carved up at the end of it. That was, that was always a real highlight to me, March the 1st. Could you do that now? I like to think that I could. Yeah. I was going to say one thing about you, and I think is we both have. I think we both love the bringing everyone together and having really good food. But I think there's something in the fun of the theater yeah. of yeah. it as well that we love. You know, your friends, um, Jason and Tash, mm. who are such intuitive, mm. beautiful, creative cooks, and it just becomes a a whole fun theatrical thing yes. visually as yeah, well. Yeah. And, you know, we did that thing for all of our friends up in the mountains. Yes. Up at where yeah, we had yeah. that chef. And we said, we want to do it outside with, and we, everyone came up on the mountaintop. And yeah. I think we both. Was that here? Yeah. In the Catskills. Uh, yeah. yeah. In the Catskills. Yeah. We yeah. did a whole hog roast. And yeah. It was great. It was really. Uh, I think food is drama. You know, being Absolutely. in a restaurant, which, which, and, and also the idea that you know, no matter how you're feeling, you have to act the part. Yes, you have mm-hmm. to do it. You have to do it. <laughs> There's no choice. <laughs> There's I'm, sure, no choice. I'm sure you don't need you to know, be told that. Do that. Yeah, you know, but mostly I don't have to because I love I love being in the River Cafe and. I want to see you back there. Uh, yeah, when are you coming? Soon, because I'll be back for the diplomat. Yes. Hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah. And, and we'll come, come please, always, 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 always. Every we will. day. I would. Okay. Don't, is, you're going to get sick of me. Is Sean still with you? Sean is oh, with us. Ask, very, very Welsh. I was going to say, very. ask her about the cow. Ask her about cowl. I'm sure yeah, she'll I've know. Yeah, all our conversations. It's really, it, well, you'll meet him. Yeah. And right. thanks so much. Thank oh, you. Thank you for it's asking us, Ruthie. Yes. Thank you. That is so fun that you asked us to do this. Could be the new way forward. Ruthie's Table 4 is produced by Atomize Studios for iHeartRadio. It's hosted by Ruthie Rogers and it's produced by Willem Malensky. This episode was edited by Julia Johnson and mixed by Nigel Appleton. Our executive producers are Faye Stewart and Zad Rogers. Our production manager is Caitlin Paramore and our production coordinator is Bella Cellini. Thank you to everyone at the River Cafe for your help in making this episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. 
how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes nearly 10 million dollars was all gone it's just unbelievable hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i'm diosa and i'm mala we are the creators of locatora radio a radiophonic novella which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast welcome to locatora radio season nine love, love at, at first, first listen, listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.